Hello, and welcome to Asians Represent. I'm Daniel Kwan. And I'm Agatha Chang. And we're your hosts. Today's topic is cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our featured creator for this episode is, well, you know her as Banana Chan. Yes. Uh, Banana Chan is a video producer, uh, a tabletop RPG and LARP designer, and owner and co-founder of Game and the Curry. So today we we sat down and we we talked about cyberpunk. We talked about the tropes of cyberpunk, and we talked about I want to say the direction cyberpunk is and should be taking mm-hmm. because the direction of cyber, that cyberpunk should be taking and is taking is kind of the solution to the one question that we always get about cyberpunk. How do you kind of move away from this exploitative relationship between that genre and its depictions of Asia and Asians? Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about that in uh, in this episode. But first, we have some news. All right, everyone. On the day that this is released, it's my birthday. Yeah, it's, so, it's your birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah, hit me up with some birthday wishes. I don't know where, but you you better. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what you can do? You want to wish Agatha... Uh, happy birthday we're gonna post like a photo of you mm-hmm. on facebook mm-hmm. and you can just you can just do it there yeah yeah wish me happy birthday on facebook that is that is where you can find facebook.com forward slash azns represent mm-hmm. that's what's up and all right what are we gonna be doing yeah because you, you you're gonna be at a con before all of us that's true i'm going to be at dreamation so update Jade can't make it to Dreamation. Oh, yeah, that's Cue, real sad. Cue sad noise. Um, a sad air horn? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. That's been like my go-to response on Twitter is sending this gif of somebody with an air horn because I'm like, that's Agatha. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, so I will be there still. It's going to be February 21st to 24th. Find me there. Uh, I'm going to be playing games. I'm not going to be running anything because I just want to experience Dreamation as a guest. So if y'all, yeah, if y'all want to meet up, just hit me up. Recommendations for, if you got recommendations for like food, games to play. Yeah, yeah. T- tell food in Morristown. <laughs> What's it like? Uh, uh, you know what? They're not some bad place. There's there's some places that are pretty good. Yeah. There's like a waffle place. That's oh, not bad. Okay. Doesn't even look like a restaurant from the outside. Looks like a funeral home. Lost its sign. That's what uh, it looks like. But it's a dope place. Oh. I went there with Wen and my business partner, Daniel, and we had a wonderful brunch. That's nice. Yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll go for that. I had a really disappointing sushi burrito in Morristown. Okay. I don't know why I got I'd, a sushi burrito. I don't know why you attempted <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. But anyway, so if y'all want to find me there, do that. Like, yeah. message us, and then we'll we'll work from there. Yeah, and if and if a lot of people are going, you know, maybe we should do like a meetup. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll do some sort of Asians represent meetup. I mean, we, you, I, if you, <laughs> we we will sort things out, and all the news on that will be on our Facebook. Yes, because I feel like that's an easier place to put it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, any other news from you? I am. Well, I am going to be a cultural consultant on a game that will be coming out. It's, I don't remember when the Kickstarter is coming, but it's sometime in spring. And the game is Hearts of Ulin uh, by Lol Francis. And it's a, it's a game about uh, basically stories, uh, like, 
wuxia stories. So like Ooh, what's wuxia for people who don't know? Uh, so like Chinese kung fu. <laughs> <laughs> you think the kung fu with heavy wire work and yeah, yeah. That you would sort think the word that kung fu, which is Chinese, would mean that, but no, we got another term. It's, it's another term. It's, it's yeah. like you have the because because I guess like Yip Man is not is not a wuxia movie, but if you think yeah, of, it is. Is it a wuxia movie? Yes, it is. Hmm. Because I, uh, I guess, I, I trust you. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's about the struggle of, like, what is the Uling world and what is your identity as a Chinese person and, like, how how do you, like, catch up with the society that's moving on without you? Anyway, it's but it's related to the, to, like, huh. wuxia concepts anyway. See, I never thought of it that way. I always thought of, like... Uh Wuxia is like like Crouching Tiger or like Hero or House of Flying Daggers. Those are also, yes. Yeah, but I just never thought of it. You, man, changed my mind. You blew my mind. All right. Blew that, my mind. That's that's what I'm here for. But yeah, so, so <laughs> that it's, it's a game that's more about like the melodramatic plot twists that's in a lot of these like Wuxia, especially like TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so fun. It really evokes them very well. And um, keep an eye out. Because uh, the Kickstarter should be coming out at some point, and I am going to be working on the cultural side of it. So, Holla. And we also just both consulted on a project by uh, Bree Sheldon. Yes. A solar punk project. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much we could say about it, but we did something. Yes, we did. We did a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? That is it for me. But now for us. For us, we go on Breakout Con. Yeah! Okay, we're going to Breakout Con, March 15th to 17th. Mm-hmm. We are going to do a meetup. Are you running games? Yes, I'm going to be running games. What are you running? I'm going to be running uh, a, a one-shot of <sighs> Wicked Lies and Alibis, which is a card-based uh, murder mystery game. It's very fun. Oh, I love me is a murder mystery. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also running one session of Hearts of Woolian. So nice. If, so if you want to like check out this game... Come, come play it. <laughs> nice. Uh, Break-A-Con, we're doing a panel. Yes, we are. Uh, we're going to do like a... Um we're going to do like a live episode of Asians Represent with Banana Chan, who's our guest for this episode. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to sort out what that's going to look like, uh, what it's also going to sound like. We don't know what we're going to talk about yet, but if you want to hear something from us, you know, you just let us know on all of our social media. Um, what else are we doing? We're going to do... Uh, we're going to try to do a fan meetup. So if you want to hang out... You know, we're going to organize something through our Facebook. Yes. I'm going to be running three games. Okay. I'm running three sessions of Ross Rifles. Nice. Our, our latest build, all updated. I'm trying to bring a soundboard with sound effects, like a machine guns. and. Oh, my gosh. You're going to be that one table. I'll be that one table. <laughs> so much. Maybe I'll wear an outfit or something. You should be in the corner. I'm always in the corner for that. So you're not disturbing everyone <laughs> Cause, Yeah, because it's so, like, loud and all, like... At the, yeah, lots of gun noises and yeah, mm-hmm. it's gonna be good, but hopefully not disruptive because I respect everybody at that con. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, we also have like an amazing um, family track for this convention, so I'm the coordinator for it. Nice. And we've got some amazing GMs who are going to be running some amazing games for like multi generational tables. Mm. That's kind of how I want to approach it. Rather than just games for kids, it's games for families. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Shell Khan is running some games. Uh, Shell and Jade work together on uh, games making games and their uh, sort of RPG club. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Petker is going to be running Princess World. Uh, I'm really excited for that. I might sign up to play that. Nice. Um, we have Angus McPherson, Patrick Keenan, Daniel Grow. Uh, it's going to be great. 
Noise. It's going to be great. Um, I'm really excited for that. I don't think I have anything else coming up in the very immediate future. I'm working on a couple writing projects. Uh, oh, I just joined uh, Gnome Stew as one of the staff writers. So that's going to be great. Uh, but yeah, things things are going well for us. You know, like the game the gaming world is pretty pretty awesome. We have some uh, amazing friends in gaming. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's your birthday. I had to bring that up again. Yep, it is. I am one year older. It's true. One year older. <laughs> uh, but we have some you know amazing friends in gaming and one of our friends in tabletop actually sent us a, a, a lovely gift yes i have it in front of me it is called party at tiffany burrell's house yeah a role-playing game for awkward 90s kids it's awesome so i i read it um so christopher the uh uh oh i gotta i gotta pull out his uh his twitter again i think it's it's emo something uh um so uh chris who who wrote the game uh sent sent us a a pdf like quite early it's uh chris um at emo technology on twitter but he sent us a copy of this game and it's a a dice based rpg about attending a party in the 90s and i really want to play it uh one of the things that i think would be really fun for us to do on asians represent is play small indie games with the creators Mm, yeah that'd be fun Right. So I've already reached out to to one of these creators. I want to reach out to Chris, but I've already reached out to my friend Ben in Malaysia. Uh, ben, you'll know him as uh, Swords and Flowers on Twitter. Uh, ben has an RPG, uh, I, I believe it's called Magic Swords. Um, that's on his uh, Itch.io page. But I was like, yo, we got to play this because it's a game about being swords. Mm. Like you are the sword. Oh, okay. And I, I think that would be really fun for us to, you know, play games with Asian creators so we can show the world their games mm-hmm. and show the world how, you know, the creators intended them to be played. Yeah. I think that'd be really cool. Okay. And, and speaking of playing games, we're going to do masks. Masks. We're going to do masks. There are so many people on the Asians Represent Twitter who are talking about, you know, I loved playing games with Asians Represent on Gauntlet. I'd be like, they mean Agatha. Oh. (laughs) 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 Yeah. People are talking about how they they loved playing games with you on Gauntlet. Mm -hmm. And now they can listen to you running a game for Agatha. Agatha. Agatha will be running the game. Agatha will be running the game. Wow. It's late for myself jade and our friend amar who you haven't met yet i have not Uh, but i'm excited but amar is wonderful so we're gonna be playing masks and you're gonna just throw the drama at us i gotta go read up on the rules i am uh, i have a bad memory so i've already set the bar really high shout out to gauntlet set that bar real high (laughs) (laughs) actually when i ran it for the gauntlet a lot of times the players would be like actually i think the rules are like this and i'm like oh okay (laughs) thanks guys thanks guys teamwork (laughs) so yeah we're gonna i think uh this month it it would be february uh this month we're gonna try to record a session zero Mm -hmm. and it's gonna be fun we'll make characters talk drama Mm -hmm. i i'm i'm kind of sorting through an idea but i'm not quite sure if that's the one i want to go with. wait wait do you you mean you have a character concept already oh yeah <sighs> oh yeah damn it why are you such a trad gamer <laughs> <laughs> how is that okay no shade no that's shade. not that's not being a trad gamer <laughs> i guess it's not that's just being really into my it my... really is though no it isn't 
<laughs> no, it isn't. It's just called being an enthusiastic and prepared gamer. Yeah, that's great. No, I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm not like, okay, in masks, I'm going to make my stats. There's no, I want, I'm talking about narrative. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have your two page <laughs> backstory, aren't yeah, you? That's not trad. That is trad. <laughs> oh, trad's, trad's having a character that's, uh, you know, fleshed out and ready to contribute to the narrative in a positive way. No way. Trad is coming to the game already with a fully developed character. Well, indie is oftentimes where you do emergent play. <laughs> I'm going to be immersed. Mike, I I, I want no, I backstory. Em- emergent. Emergent. Well, no, I, I want I want to have a backstory in place so I can respond to other people's, you know, contributions to the narrative mm-hmm. and change my character along the way. Okay, this is this is the segment of this episode called Egg the Bullies Daniel. Clearly. <laughs> I mean, I'll accept it. Like I grew up playing like those those, those 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 sort of like trad games mm, mm. like i don't i don't want to put myself in like one one camp right 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 but i like those games yeah yeah you a renaissance man <laughs> you're in all the genres <laughs> i like those games i like the osr stuff too yeah 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 it's all yeah. good i'm excited so whatever it is yeah we can start planning out some stuff yeah it's good it's going to be fun um but not as fun as this interview. Well, no, I don't want to say that. As fun as this interview that we had. <laughs> yeah. This this was a great interview with Banana Chan on Cyberpunk. Uh, we hope you love it as much as we love recording it. So here you go. Yeah, this is going to be sick. So, okay. So to prepare for this, I, I've been doing a lot of things to prepare for this episode. Um... <laughs> I'm a big fan of the cyberpunk genre, but I certainly think it's got a lot of problems. And I think that's one of the things that we need to discuss. Uh, because I don't I don't think there have been a lot of, you know, Asian people who have talked about cyberpunk. Because I think the Asian experience, especially people who have lived in Asia or have traveled to Asia, I think that the lived experience of an Asian really brings a unique experience sort of perspective to the current state of cyberpunk right yeah definitely and i don't know if you'd agree and i mean there are there are there's a lot of cyberpunk media and to be honest a lot of it looks the same and uh but i just watched an amazing movie well no rewatched an amazing movie uh called upgrade i knew i don't know if that's the one we were both thinking about yes Yes. okay cool oh my gosh (laughs) so it's a great movie, so Agatha, you should watch it. Oh. It's by Lee Whannell. It came out last year, and it's a cyberpunk body horror action film. Uh, and I think it's the only cyberpunk film that kind of falls into both of those genres. Although you could say, in general, the experience of cyberpunk is kind of body horror, but none of them kind of portray it in a way that you'd think of like The Fly or... Anything else where you lose autonomy over your body uh, in a gruesome way. Yeah, and I think... But it is fantastic. Yeah, I think like one of the really good things about Upgrade is that it's in a setting that's pre... Like what you would think of as like Neuromancer or Shadowrun or... Uh, you know, Blade Runner, that kind of setting. It's like before that becomes you know, it becomes a thing. It's like more, more. Now yeah. Time. It's it's like 100% like yeah, present. Exactly. Wait, yeah. What do you mean by that? So, so when you think of cyberpunk, you think of like, so, okay. So Agatha, do you consume a lot of cyberpunk? I do not. Okay. So without looking at these notes, uh, <laughs> when, 
Daniel's 100% scrolling away. I'm, I'm scrolling away. <laughs> when, when we say cyberpunk, what comes to mind? So the first thing that I think of is uh, a music video that I watched today, <laughs> which is Ariana Grande's Seven Rings. Oh Wait, God. is that a cyberpunk music video? It's not, but it, it just like has that. I, I mean, <laughs> I can see it's it. just Ariana. It's just Ariana Grande's music video where she's like trying to. Anyway, she's, I haven't I haven't heard the song or watched it yet. Yeah, it's just her trying to crump. But it's like it also has like moments where there's like, oh, some kind of like digital effect on the screen and then some random Japanese words. And when I see that, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is like stereotype of cyberpunk. Right. So I think that's what I think of is that kind of visual. <laughs> OK, that wow. makes sense. I think um, uh, okay. a lot of Grimes music videos are sort of similar. Um, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. like Imogen Heap as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially with her her like music gloves. <laughs> I don't know what she called them. I don't know if you've seen those. No, I haven't. She she created these gloves that actually create sounds from movement. Oh, that's pretty sick. It's cool. Okay. So that's what you think of when you think of. Can you stop giving me the, that side eye? I'm not. It's not side eye. I'm sitting next to you, so I have to give you side no, eye. No, no, no. This is like legit side eye. Okay. Just because I don't know a lot about cyberpunk doesn't mean I mean, it's okay. This is me. this is all about learning. Because I mean, if we're gonna talk about cyberpunk, not obviously not everybody you know knows about the genre or consumes the genre. Because to be honest, if you <sighs> If I just threw a whole bunch of the big cyberpunk things in front of you, you'd be like, they all look the same. Okay. Except you might be like, oh, Shadowrun has magic. Okay. That might be the only thing you'd be like, oh, it all looks the same. Okay. So can we can we go around and everyone d- like say what the first, th- first thing it is that you think of when I say the word cyberpunk? Yeah, Madonna, you want to go? Um, I would say, oh, God, I, I have so many things to say about the genre. I think uh, like the idea of, megacorps serving as corrupt governing bodies uh and just like hackers and overthrowing like an evil entity that's that's sort of what i think of when i think of cyberpunk yeah for for, for me i i had a i had like a five-hour conversation with uh, fraser simons about this and then another two-hour conversation with him for a podcast and so the the way i would describe cyberpunk in like one sentence is Mm -hmm. like low life high technology yeah that yeah so if you, like cyberpunk is like heavily influenced by um the oh my god that was my my um my my laptop oh well uh heavily influenced by the uh like france actually of all things i don't know if you knew this um so when i when i think of cyberpunk i think of like low life high technology i think of like it's it's like film noir meets gritty realistic sci-fi so you have like ever dangerous cityscapes you have massive income inequality giant industrial towers like you said mega corporations you know brilliantly lit billboards that you know are like ever present uh that that's what i think of Mm -hmm. so banana what was your first encounter with cyberpunk like when did that happen um first encounter uh I have to think about this. Probably when I was playing Sims and I found the cyberpunk pack and I was like, what is this? This is amazing. (laughs) I I would have never guessed that. (laughs) And I just got really into cyberpunk. From the Sims? (laughs) From the Sims mod. (laughs) What was it that drew you in from that Sims mod? I think it was the aesthetic. It was just these, uh, Mm. this like 
it was basically a goth mod, but, uh, mm. you know, the clothes were so fun and exciting and they had these backgrounds that were like uh you know they had like graffiti in the background and neon lights and i was like oh my god this is so cool <laughs> okay uh this uh, sims mod see see for me when i i got into cyberpunk when i saw apple seed x machina and have you seen that no, not yet. So, so in two thousand, so it, oh, okay, it's an amazing, it's an amazing film. So in two thousand, I believe in two thousand and four, the first Appleseed movie came out by Shinji Aramaki, and then in two thousand and seven, he made this amazing animated movie produced by John Woo, okay, my favorite director, and so. Appleseed is it kind of takes the cyberpunk genre and the mecha genre and it combines them into one. So it's this dystopia, but there are these pockets of idyllic paradise mm. inspired by like Greek mythology. It's really cool. Uh, and the main character, her name is Duna Newt and she's like fully human. Um, but her partner named Briarios is like almost entirely a mech. And he's this like giant sort of exosuit. Uh, and it's just about their exploits as members of this paramilitary organization called ESWAT really cool there's like three animated movies there's i think there's a video game and there was an animated series and then there's a manga that it's all based on so i started there and i fell in love with that movie it's amazing it's gorgeous hmm. and of course it's because it's by john woo there's this like there's always slow-mo and there's doves <laughs> there's like this scene when dunan is surrounded by all these cyborgs and Briaros bursts through the stained glass window of a cathedral with two guns shooting everybody as he's falling through the air. And then he lands, like does a superhero landing and it's, it's awesome. I love that movie. Like, what about you, Agatha? Like, I know you don't consume too much cyberpunk, but if, if there was like a first thing that you ever saw that was cyberpunk, can you, can you recall that? I don't, the thing is, I still don't know. I feel like I have very different impressions of what cyberpunk could be so because there's that punk word in there i think like i immediately think of that punk aesthetic and so that really limits uh i guess what i consume that have to do with that for example right. like if i were to say like the anime Dudadada, like does that count does that i don't even know what that is it's it's one where it's it's one of those like kind of surreal and um kind of animes where it's there's a lot of like future tech but then these kids slash adults are also like living their own lives and then it, it there's a little bit of that griminess in there and it's i i just i can't put my finger on it because i feel like there's a very different definition is it like in the west oh yeah 100 is, is it like about, akira in terms of like that dystopia uh, yo, i never watched akira that's okay I read a bit of it and I was like, mm, I'm not, about- not my cup of tea. Oh yeah, there was that like gang rape scene at the. <laughs> yeah, it's like, a little, it's a little I'm heavy. Okay. I'm okay. That's yeah. My, well, I mean, but- like when we when we think about cyberpunk, we see like we have to think about the cultural context in which the idea of cyberpunk emerges from, mm-hmm. and like and obviously like Western cyberpunk is very much like a thing created by white men, yeah. but it's also very much a response to Reagan's America very much a response yeah, to that for sure so so if you think about like the two the first major milestone in cyberpunk you could say is like you know philip k dicks do androids dream of a of electric sheep mm-hmm. 
came out in like 1968, amazing novella that was later, you know, adapted into a film called Blade Runner. So why is that? Um, and like, feel free to answer banana, but like, why is that short story cyberpunk? I know the movie was cyberpunk because it looks like that. That's the thing. The, the short story the is short like, story was just it's science fiction. Sci-fi. Yeah. yeah. But, but it's, I think it's just because it's considered foundational to Blade Runner. Yeah. I think the first. And, and Blade oh, Runner. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I, I think like. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I think what's like more, it, it is setting like the, you know, the foundation work for something that is cyberpunk. I think like the, it, it you know, the actual, um, you know, what people consider as cyberpunk is more like neuromancer. Like when they think cyberpunk, they're just like, oh, it's neuromancer. Like everything that's, you know, about that book is, uh, is what people think of cyberpunk, but that's not, it's not necessarily what uh, cyberpunk is. Like, I feel like it's a very malleable, uh, a malleable title. It's not exactly like, it doesn't really fit into um, any sort of category when we try to, uh, when we try to put a name onto, onto um, cyberpunk. Uh, yeah. That, that's interesting that you say that you say neuromancer. Cause when, cause people think, cause neuromancer came out two years after Blade Runner was released yeah. and the protagonist of neuromancer is in many ways, very different from Deckard, the protagonist of Blade Runner. Yeah. Cause, Cause Blade Runner is about that, like film noir, hard boiled detective and neuromancer is about somebody who is operating out, uh, outside the bounds of the law. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Blade Runner obviously used Philip K. Dick's work you know, as, as its base, but they, they took from something that you, I I would have never thought of and they borrowed from comic books, both of them. And uh, apparently there was this meeting of like Ridley Scott and um, William Gibson who wrote Neuromancer and they got together and they were talking and they were talking about the, the common sort of elements that went into both of their foundational works. And both of them took from, a 1975 comic called The Long Tomorrow. Have you ever read it? No, I have not. But it's funny. Uh, I think we talked about this before on like another cyberpunk podcast where like a whole bunch of creators just decided to create like cyberpunk, but they didn't know like they didn't know they were all doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah, they, they so there's like Philip K. Dick, um, Roger uh, Zelazny, uh, obviously like Philip Farmer and Harlan Ellison. These are all like the big cyberpunk. I think I'm missing some, uh, but yeah, they, they took from a French comic, um, this artist named Mobius. Yes. And yeah. So Mobius was like, there was this whole wave of adult French sci-fi comics. So like you think like Valerian, they made that, that movie mm-hmm. Valerian and the thousand, thousand suns planets or whatever, thousand suns or yeah. something. The one with uh, Cara Delevingne and the dude who played green goblin in amazing <laughs> Spider-Man two. Oh, What's his name? Uh, it's the one with the oh. Luke Besson directed it. Yeah. Rihanna's yeah. It. <laughs> oh yeah. Rihanna's in it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. What is- I forget what's his name. I forget what his name is, but, uh, yeah, in that all those comics that were coming out in the in the seventies in France had these like Orientalist undertones. Oh, yeah, it was really interesting. so that that that's why you see a lot of these 
huge mega cities that look like Shanghai or, or Tokyo. Oh, interesting. As, as heavily featured in cyberpunk because Ridley Scott and William Gibson really liked these comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's super, it's super interesting. But like we were talking about Reagan's America and how like that's what impacted, you know, people's depictions of cyberpunk mm-hmm. in the eighties uh, because people were afraid of like capitalism and technology and individuality and how you could lose these things as this urban sprawl becomes more technologically advanced. And we think about the 80s and we're like, oh, it wasn't that technologically advanced. But it was for that time. But it was for that time. Yeah, I think that's very interesting, uh, what you said, Banana, about like the the whole thing about how a bunch of different peoples independently created the same aesthetic and with the same ideas because I, I think this is a very common thing actually in history with there was a there was a paper written about this uh about uh creating um coming up with ideas or like there are a lot of for example like the whole dna breakthrough there was a lot of there were i think two different scientists who came up with yeah. the same thing but separately and this is the idea of the logical adjacency which was apparently a, a physics concept but it's basically like all of the the context for what uh all the context for what should hmm, i don't know how i want to put this so basically it's like um you have is it like everybody is responding to a similar environment in the same way? Yeah, it's like the, yeah. the environment is already kind of pushing you in that direction. Also, you have the resources available to draw on that conclusion. So Yeah, it's like it's like how, you know, bats developed flight and birds developed flight, but they don't really come from something very close, well, but they can both fly. I think this applies in this situation where it's like there was the economic situation. So that yeah. was pushing everyone towards a state. Well, not everyone, but it was pushing a lot of artists towards a state of like anxiety, right? About about the future, about technology, about government control, about uh, corporate control. And then there's also uh, the resource that they could draw on, which like you said, Daniel, was the the comics with that yeah. kind of visual aesthetic. So then people kind of all encountered that and then developed a similar sort of um, story and a s- similar sort of visual. Yeah, I, I think the, the visual elements are interesting and they've, be- they've become so like archetypal of everything cyberpunk. I mean, like, okay, so... Our, our mutual friend Hamish wrote that really cool game, The Sprawl. And, I mean, you think of the cover of The Sprawl, and it's that city. It's that cyberpunk city. And, like, that, that, is, that is almost like... It's interesting how Tokyo is almost, like, emblemic of cyberpunk. Mm. So, so let's talk about what is the, the elephant in the room, I guess. What is the problematic side of cyberpunk? Do you want to go first, Banana? Yeah, so I guess a lot of the the cyberpunk that um, that people typically consume, it it has uh, it uses Asian backgrounds and Asian settings. Um, you know, sometimes you would see in a movie where it's got uh, you know Asian characters in the background, whether it's Japanese, Chinese, it doesn't really matter. Um, but the characters are always white. Uh, especially the protagonist. Yeah. <laughs> um, the protagonist is usually always white, and uh, there are never any hmm. Asian faces that are. I mean, if there are Asian faces that are cast in 
in a movie like that, then they're usually uh, fodder for a battle scene or, um, you know, something <laughs> yeah. like that. Or they're, or they're, yeah. Or they're like dragon ladies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, and I think we're, we're referring to, I think we're, we're referring to like Western cyberpunk. Cause if we're thinking about, cause a lot of people are like, well, what about ghost in the shell? I think that's different. Yes. That's very different. That's so, very different. So let's talk about ghost in the shell. What, what the movie or the or the manga or the anime? <laughs> I I'm thinking about the manga and the anime. Okay, yeah, because, super good. Yeah, so like, so that is a situation where it's Japan looking at cyberpunk from the West and then reincorporating that with their own ideas, right? I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I I think I don't know, Banana. Do I, you know? Do you know? Do you know about like the parallel development of? Japanese and Western cyberpunk? That's a very specific question. So that I actually don't know a lot about, but it feels for me, I, or for what I've uh, read um, and what I've consumed, it seems like a lot of uh, Japanese uh, manga that's like, you know, about technology. It's about a fear of technology. You know, it's, uh, it incorporates all this um, quote unquote cyberpunkness into. Uh, into their into their stories, not because it's like based on Western culture, but more so that it's like based on you know the fear of technology, the fear of like you know what's happened after World War Two, and you know all that all that stuff. So I feel like it's a different can of worms. Um, but yeah. I'm not familiar with like all that background, so don't quote me on that. I'm, I mean, a lot of it is. I mean, a lot of it is like this, this loss of individuality. That's, I mean, if you're looking at commonalities between uh, American and I want to say Western and cause I, I also want to count like French hmm. um, and Japanese cyberpunk, I think you've one of the, the recurring themes aside from the setting, which is obviously inspired by real Asia right. uh, is that, that sense of individuality. If you think about it, it's like, you could be living in this like really overpopulated country hmm. um, where your identity is based on what you do for a company. Hmm. Like think of like the salary man in hmm. Japan. Yeah. I, I think this is a very fascinating idea, which is instead of looking at cyberpunk from just a purely aesthetic point of view, but looking at it only from the the ideological point of view, then we could say that a lot of things could be applied um, in as cyberpunk like for example even in terms of anime we can say that there's a lot more anime that would count as cyberpunk even if that's not the first thing that you would think of when you were to watch it yeah yeah you could say like uh a lot of those um the, the escapist anime like sword art online you could almost say is anime is cyberpunk in a I, sense i don't i wouldn't say that no? because there's not enough li- nihilism in it but there was one that what i was watched season two yeah that was from oh well. let's not, <laughs> let's not that, i mean it sucked but we're not talking the whole about series sucks. <laughs> sword art online. um but like there was one that i watched it was called eden of the east uh, never heard of it yes, I, I don't not, watch a lot of anime. not to be confused with east of eden <laughs> which What's is that? a novel oh, okay um but you know the east it was this anime where it was like this guy who's like just some average schmo and then he like he gets this phone um that like basically like gives him with tasks that he needs to accomplish but he also has these like recurring 
nightmares that where he becomes like one of many people who look like him and he's like climbing up a hill of naked versions of himself and then they're just like all like crawl crawling after him and stuff like that and i there was a lot of that anime as well where it was like dealing with what how do people deal with with technology in as it's like kind of galloping ahead of us and like we don't fully understand what's going on and also there's a lot of ideas of isolation and how do we connect to each other in this age and i i don't know if that counts as cyberpunk that sounds like cyberpunk okay so i'll give you i'll I'll go to uh something that a lot of people don't can might not consider like a lot of the you know the um casual consumers might not even consider cyberpunk but it's probably one of the better ones and it's Mm -hmm. mr robot oh yeah definitely mr robot is 100 percent cyberpunk and it freaks me the fuck out like i I can't watch that show because it feels too real to me Mm. that's why i think it's good Okay. Um, I think that a lot of the new cyberpunk is actually really terrible. So I liked Upgrade because it felt more real and it was different. Okay. Upgrade wasn't really about, it wasn't fetishizing this, you know, bright city. Right. right? Oh, oh, complete side note, Detective Pikachu. Is that cyberpunk? Oh, no. We'll get back to that. (laughs) 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 <laughs> um but like it doesn't fetishize that city it's about so so in the movie it's about this this man and he's very resistant to technology he's all about um fixing up old like analog cars mm. and he's out selling a car with his wife and on the way back home their self-driving car malfunctions his wife is murdered by these people mm-hmm. and he's left quadriplegic okay uh, this really rich benefactor basically says i have this chip for you if i implant it into your neck it will give you full function of your body oh wait i do know of this film you, yeah it's a horror movie you might have yeah. seen, uh trailers for it and you might have mistaken it for the venom trailer because they both look kind of <laughs> like tom hardy well one of them is tom hardy but the other one isn't tom hardy <laughs> way better than venom much, way much better, better than venom, venom. i like that one because it, it, it was different from anything else that i had seen I like Mr. Robot because it feels relevant. It feels real. Like like you said, like isolation, uh, mental health, like real life computer hackers. Like, and I, I can talk about this now because it's it's been a while since season one came out. So oh, if people alert. get angry, there's I mean it's not even a real spoiler. There's this one scene where this guy's like <laughs> handing out his mixtapes. They're on CDs. Oh my gosh, mixtapes. And yeah, I know. And then somebody took one and put it in her computer, and then it gave him access to her computer, and he like watched her through her webcam and shit. Oh, like super creepy. But after that, I was like, if somebody ever hands me a mixtape, I'm just gonna <laughs> throw it out. I like never take USB drives at corporate events i was just like real freaked out yeah what uh, do you, so i i want to ask you banana like what do you think about the idea of separating like the ideology from the aesthetic for cyberpunk is that does that make sense or is it maybe stretching it a little too far i think it makes sense so uh, with the example of mr robot i think that you have all the ingredients there you have you know this hacker who is uh you know obviously not happy with this job he is trying to make the world a better place um and then there's like all this other stuff about like you know disrupting the system trying to uh trying to overcome like you know evil corp and it it does feel very cyberpunk even though that even though it doesn't use you know the neon lights then you know the the big skyscrapers or anything like that it still has all the identifiers of cyberpunk. 
I'd like to add on to that with with perhaps another question. I don't think the that the cyberpunk aesthetic is relevant to making it cyberpunk anymore. Mm. And I'll and I'll explain why. I, I gave this some thought, and I did a lot of research. Um, the the idea of that like city with the advertisements and you know like when you think of like cyberpunk and this goes back to game and a curry <laughs> um you you think of like one of the most iconic sylvester stallone quotes ironically iconic quotes when you're just are the law in, in the judge dread movie mm. um like in cyberpunk especially like blade runner and things like that and altered carbon which i hated um we can get into that if we want to um like violent crime is supposed to be scary the idea that there are just people in the streets that might murder you Mm. uh but that's not really our reality anymore like that was a reality in the 80s but now you know violent crime is at a at an all-time low right uh, and that's not scary what's scary to us isn't the billboards we think they're beautiful like when you when you watch altered carbon or you play or you watch any of the gameplay for um, Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. When, it, when you watch that gameplay, you're like, oh, that's so pretty. Look at all the ads. I can watch them. They're supposed to feel oppressive, but they're not. Right. right? They're, they're, they're just, they just put them in there because it's a part of the aesthetic. You know what would be even scarier is if something was like Tokyo Ghosts, the comic. Is, is that the one where you, they like eat people? No, Sorry. Uh, Banana. <laughs> have, you have you read? Have you read? That's Tokyo Ghoul. <laughs> okay, so Tokyo Ghosts was I think it was like a twelve issue miniseries. It's it's collected into two graphic novel volumes, and it's set in this post. You can see this dystopia where technology has basically replaced all of people's jobs, mm-hmm. and so in order to placate the masses, um, these corporations have got people addicted to entertainment. Mm. And so these people uh, kind of disappear into a drug that gives them entertainment. And so the this this one, what I like about Tokyo Ghost is, is that it really subverts um, the Orientalism, well, in a sense, the Orientalism of cyberpunk, and that the two main characters want to are like street cops almost. They dispense justice, very violent justice. Um, one is heavily augmented, the other is unaugmented. Mm. And the one who's unaugmented, she dreams of helping her partner and getting them a better life outside of this metropolis. And she wants to bring them to Japan, where Japan is free of technology. Interesting. And Japan is this like green paradise where there's an EMP field and no technology can function in Japan. Mm. And it's super interesting. Okay, so this is actually a great place for us to like uh, answer some some of our listener questions. So we put out a feeler for uh, listeners to ask us, and it was one from Jonathan Lavoy. Actually, he has a couple of good ones. So one of them has to do with what we were just talking about, which is that our contemporary political lives are mirroring more of a cyberpunk aesthetic than anything else nowadays. And he says that's sad and frustrating. So like, what part of cyberpunk do we find speak to a certain level of hope within us instead so like cyberpunk is generally pretty nihilistic right yeah generally um and that's a good question i think that like you know everything 
today is uh it's very dystopian like our phones and our laptops and our home devices are all listening to us they're all spying on us and mm-hmm. you know there's like intel you hear that Zuckerberg? <laughs> <laughs> and there's like internet vigilantism that's like all over the place uh you know yeah. whether it's right or wrong doesn't really matter it's just there um i and you know like we're so dependent on social media now everything's like so consuming i i think that the cyberpunk genre itself is uh, an emphasis on punk this time um is supposed to sort of give us this idea that we can fight back and we can you know try to try to overcome these uh these these needs that we have or these things that we depend on um but for for how things are going right now i think that there's so many parallels it's like both disturbing and interesting and this is why mr robot is the perfect cyberpunk show because it's so perfectly relevant right okay so then my question is is Black Mirror cyberpunk, or is it just sci-fi? It's both. I think there are episodes. I mean, cyberpunk is sci-fi, but there are certainly episodes. Yeah. There's that There's that one episode where they, like, make an AI copy of you, and then they torture it by subjecting it to time. Uh-huh. And then they make it, like, the perfect home companion. Yeah. That's terrifying. Yeah. But I, th- I think there's also a Black Mirror episode that mirrors the social credit system in china oh yeah yeah. that's that's pretty that's pretty scary (laughs) that's pretty scary like the idea the idea that the that the government has a score yeah it has an algorithm pulled from various aspects of your lives both professional and non-professional your online shopping to generate a score that measures how great you are as a person and, and how good of a citizen you are ah. and it, it impacts your credit like your credit is a factor it also impacts your ability to buy property uh leave the country yeah. like get a visa to even travel outside of china yeah, and like it impacts your like discounts too so if you were going to go buy like uh like a plane ticket or like a train ticket they would give you like discounts on how good of a citizen you are <laughs> Oh yeah, that shit gosh. real. That shit real. So, like, what is even the point of cyberpunk when it's actual reality? Well, I think now when we're thinking about fiction and cyberpunk, and I think this kind of goes to the the question, uh, sort of. Um, maybe not about hope, because I don't. When I think of cyberpunk, I don't think of <laughs> yeah, hope. Yeah, me neither. That's a- I don't think that's a part of it. I think when, and I will say, I think this is a very indie gaming question. When you say, what gives you hope and you're playing cyberpunk? I don't, I don't play a cyberpunk game to feel hopeful. Listen, don't throw shade on indie I'm games. Not, I'm not, I, I designed <laughs> indie games. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying like people who play, when you think of mainstream cyberpunk games like Cyberpunk 2020 or Shadowrun, I like 2020 better than Shadowrun. Okay. Um, I don't play those games personally to, to – I like when my story is sad. Okay. Because I think that kind of goes with it. Okay. But what I'm most excited for, and I think if we want to think of cyberpunk fiction that isn't our current reality, I think we have to think of climate fiction. Ooh. Right? Oh, is that like solar punk? Uh, What's I, solar punk? Solar punk. We, we edited a piece of solar punk. Oh, is that – oh. <laughs> okay, someone, someone define it for me. Well, I, I think it's honestly like environmental dystopia. Yeah. Wait, wait. 
Okay. Yeah. So like, uh, I, I think what a good example that I really like that I'm excited for is hack the planet. Yes. Yeah. Yes. By, by, by Fraser. Cause, cause I think that is taking cyberpunk to the next level. Mm-hmm. I, I think that is making a, I mean, he still used art that is of like an age I mean, it is, I will say of an Asian looking place cause there are Korean characters in some of the art on the Kickstarter, <laughs> but I will say that, that that takes some of those cyberpunk tropes, but it adds something new and more relevant to us. Okay. Right. That, and that's climate change. Yeah. Right. So, so, Banana, do you think that solar punk is the future of cyberpunk? Um, uh, <laughs> yes and no. Uh, I, I okay. think, like, uh, the deep end of this would be like, you know, Waterworld is the next cyberpunk. Um, but I. I don't know. Or Mad Max. That would make Mad Max cyberpunk. Yeah, exactly. So I I feel like those are very different because they don't deal with, they don't really deal with the same issues, I don't think. Okay. Or at least for me. I I don't think that they're the same thing just because like they don't have, if you were to incorporate like all the identifiers of cyberpunk into like a solar punk theme, then maybe I could see that working. But Again, something like Waterworld or Mad Max, they don't feel very cyberpunk to me. Okay, that's totally fair. Do do you think that the Blade Runner 2049 is more relevant cyberpunk, especially like when he's in Vegas? Um, Because, again, you see those dust storms and all that. It was different from the city. That's true. Oh, you know what? Actually, um... If we're going to go down this route, I think Fallout would be the next step of cyberpunk. Oh. So post-apocalyptic yeah, fiction? Yeah, I think post-apocalyptic would be like the the trend for, or at least That's what I think of, um, when I think of cyberpunk, like going to the next level. Because there still is this um, dependency on like technology and mods and like all this other stuff, which isn't necessarily strictly cyberpunk, but it still mm-hmm. has that, um, you know, that that grittiness to it what are your thoughts on the the deus ex video game franchise um i have not played it <laughs> okay agatha have you because i know you want to talk about 2077 no i haven't played it so i i would deus ex mankind no human revolution is one of my favorite cyberpunk games um because i think it actually tells a really interesting story mm. um and it takes that fear of technology. I don't want to spoil it for anybody because I, I know the game's old, but I still think it's very good to play. Mm. A, I, there are a couple things I like about that game that most people don't think about. The first one is that it is one of two mainstream video games that have positive and fair portrayals of Muslim characters. Mm. Um, you could say one, if not two, of the main characters of that that particular video game are strong Muslim characters. Nice. And one of them is uh, a strong female Muslim character uh, who is like a soldier. Really awesome. Um, the second, obviously, game is Overwatch. Very cool. Which has Muslim characters um, and has a cyberpunk character. Right. Yeah. But but with Deus Ex and the sequel, Deus Ex uh, Human Revolution, uh, Mankind Divided, you see this fear of technology come out and play. But fear towards people who have augmented their bodies where they've put these people in slums okay yeah it's it's really interesting so you know where you see people with augmentations kind of 
I don't want to say willingly, but isolate themselves from the general populace mm-hmm. because of income inequality. In this case, they are forcefully put into ghettos oh, wow. because of how their bodies are. Mm. I think that's super interesting. So both you, Daniel, and you, Banana, you, you both have this like uh, love for cyberpunk and you're both Asian, <laughs> but there's so much like, yeah, like what we were touching on briefly earlier, like they're there's a lot of problematic imagery or, or themes in, uh, in cyberpunk. So then like, how do you reconcile that? Or do you think there's a way for it to be better? Do you want to go first? I think you should go first. Like (laughs) even it's possible to even separate the aesthetic. Sorry. Yeah. I think there, I mean, it is possible. Um, because there are people of color who are creating stories, uh, Mm. they're creating, you know, cyberpunk stories. Um, and, you know, putting their spin on things and making it, you know, what they want to see, which is great. Like authors like uh, E. Lily Yu, um, she's like uh, written some books. She or she's written one story that did really well. It's uh, sci-fi, not cyberpunk. But she also contributed this one anthology called Cyberworld that has several uh, Asian writers and um, other writers of color in it. So definitely check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like that's one of the ways that we can sort of make cyberpunk better. That's just to like include more content creators or um, you know writers into um, into the genre, so that they can like put their own spin on things, make it better, make it theirs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was actually given a couple of recommendations. Um, last last year, last summer by Fraser um, for like, I would say diverse creators and alternate perspectives on cyberpunk and right. fiction. Um, a couple, just before I forget, obviously, uh, Tokyo Ghost is one of them. Uh, the Fortunate Fall, Red Spider, White Web, uh, The Summer Prince, and He, She, and It. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So then like, what is the difference? Like how, how do people take that orientalist bent out of cyberpunk? I feel like it's very easy to. (laughs) It's super easy. I think that the easiest way to do it and that the answer to it is just remove that setting. Yeah, it's not that hard because honestly, it's what, like a couple of shuriken here and there and like a few (laughs) neon letters and that's it. (laughs) It, Yeah, that's literally it. It's it's the easiest thing to do. Like you can... No, go it ahead. doesn't make the setting any less colorful or interesting if you have them, you know. In, or any less in, cyberpunk. Yeah. Oh. It's because it, the setting isn't what makes it cyberpunk. That's what I was trying to say earlier. They, the setting made it cyberpunk at the time because that's what people were afraid of. Right. But now people aren't afraid of, you know, ads. <laughs> we're, we're not afraid of – okay, let me, I'll rephrase that. We are afraid of ads and targeted marketing, but we're not afraid of billboards. We think they're beautiful. Yeah. If you saw like a holographic projection on the side of a building, like on the Bund in Shanghai, there's there's this giant financial tower. And at night they have like these really, really, really beautiful projections on it that are ads. Right. But it's not scary. It's beautiful. Yeah. Well, I think the Orientalist uh, imagery that I've seen or even like elements or, for example, yeah, like the neon 
ads in, say, Japanese or maybe in Chinese, depending. Um, and also, like, some of the... Uh, I feel like this is a part of Shadowrun. I played it the video game ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Video game's ago. good. There's a Hong Kong yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, they use... So the currency that they use is, like, New Yen, New yen or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. So New it's, Yuan, yeah. Well, no, it's, like, New yeah. Yen, right? Oh, so Yen, it's like the okay. Japanese yen. Oh, the Japanese yeah. one, of course. Yeah, so so then that's, like, that was, like, the fear of, like, how powerful Japan was, right? Um, so I, I don't... But, like, people, for example, now are, like, pretty scared of China, right? Like, I'm not... Yo, I'm not trying to start nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I think say you should be afraid of China. <laughs> well, I'm not Chinese, so... Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> Daniel's Chinese. Whoa! <laughs> Um, I feel attacked. <laughs> a Chinese person feels attacked by a Taiwanese person. Oh, wow. I know. I'm turning this around. I'm turning this around. That's ironic. <laughs> uh, okay. But like, like, so that is still cyberpunk, right? Like, you, 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 you feel afraid of something, and so you incorporate that into your fiction. Okay, I but, but we can't. But we shouldn't like use, or should we? Use, okay, like, so here's, here's a really easy thing to do. Okay, so you know how you're like the Chinese words, the mm-hmm. neon lights, replace those Chinese words with one giant golden M backed on red. Okay. McDonald's. <laughs> okay, what, what do you think, Banana? But that, that's the same thing. It's the yeah. bright lights. It's the, it's the icons of America. Yeah, and I, I think you're right on that. Like any, all the, when you go to Times Square, it's all just like, plastered with commercials and uh you know logos like that kind of thing is kind of terrifying because it rules our lives yeah that's how you do it if you if you want to do a a cyberpunk that isn't exploitative of asian culture Mm. just just look at times square and make that just make the buildings taller or just any or set it in present day new york yeah, or anything. I mean, there's so many things that are terrifying right now. There's like, you know, police brutality. That's terrifying. Uh, mm. We'll get to Judge Dredd in a moment. But um, yep. uh, there's that. There's, you know, rampant racism. There's like so much stuff to be scared of that can be incorporated into cyberpunk. Or like Minority Report. Yeah. That's cyberpunk. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So let's talk about Judge Dredd. <laughs> one of my favorite movies. Which one? Oh, no. The Carl Urban one. Not the Stallone <laughs> one, the Carl Urban one. Okay. Um, yeah, so Judge Dredd, it was originally a comic book or a series of comics. It's, well, sorry, I should backtrack a little bit. Uh, 2000 AD, uh, when they came out with the second magazine, they had uh, Judge Dredd. And that was their um, that was his first appearance in in the zine. So he's uh, this sort of in this universe. Uh, the cops are so messed up, and the laws are so messed up that everything's basically illegal. And if you do anything wrong, like smuggle sugar into the country, then you end up in the isocubes. Uh, it's oh. supposed to be like this tongue-in-cheek, uh, very sarcastic British comic, um, and it uh, definitely made an impact on me. It's cool. It's, it's very cool. It's super cool. Um, and 
And the villains are very interesting. <laughs> the villains are very interesting. Uh, like, for example, our, uh, and they have, uh, they do touch on, like, you know, the the fears of, uh, of the culture at the time, um, because it was written in around, I think it was around the 80s that first got introduced, and uh, one of the comics is Block Mania, or one of the series is Block Mania, which is what our game is based on, uh, Block War. And uh, spoilers, the uh, blocks, the you know the big apartment buildings, they're ganging up on each other, and they're starting fights and starting wars. And these blocks are these giant, giant, uh, giant buildings, uh, which are like you know the size of skyscrapers, and they just like go and attack each other. Uh, think of like all these people like piling out and just like in droves just beating each other up and the justice department the judges the cops they show up and they're just like what's going on they're riot foaming everyone they're stun gunning everyone and they're trying to like calm everyone down um and then they discover that it's actually because of russia poisoning the water supply that's causing everyone to go um go haywire Wow, this feels like modern day America. It's very relevant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. I like Dread. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I really want to play Block Wars. I will eventually. We'll we'll eventually get to play it. Yeah, eventually. I'll probably see you at Breakout Con. I'll be. Yeah, oh, I mean, probably. We're on the same panel. That's true. I'll just break it out there during the panel. (laughs) Break it out. You know what? Maybe we should. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, why not? It's our panel. We we do whatever we want, Agatha. I guess that's true. If you're you're listening, Breakout Crew, we'll do whatever we want. (laughs) And that was the last time they got invited to Breakout Con. Um, okay, so I feel like we should we should answer some questions. Yeah. Um, Ken, we're not going to do all of your questions, but we're going to do some of them. Uh, okay, and, and I know you said you hope this was asked, so let's do this. <laughs> Ken Davidson, I'm doing this for you. Uh, Banana, who is your biggest rival, and why is he the coolest person in the universe? Well, that's a tough question. I would have to say that my biggest rival is Ken Davidson. And oh. I think that he is so awesome. What a guy. Because he just doesn't stop trying to be the biggest rival. He just keeps going. It's like... So it's A for effort. It's an A, it's an a for effort. It's a rival you never wanted, but got. And you yep. can never lose. <laughs> uh, we, we answered Ken's question about, you know, why are they often set in Tokyo? We kind of we, yeah, we talked I about think we Mobius and all yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I like this one. If you can get any body mod, what would it be? Any oh. modification to your body? Oh, what would it be? Ooh. That's for all. That's for for all of us. There's so many cool ones. Yeah, I'm suddenly thinking of well, Cyberpunk 2077. Mm-hmm. Like they're oh man. The, the trailer for it where the the lady she got like eye implants and then everything that she sees is like it like pulls up stats and stuff would you want that much information at you all the time actually i don't <laughs> <laughs> i just want to be able to take off my lower jaw like in the trailer no i don't want that's not no i don't know what kind of mod i would is there want like a chill I, mod just like a, a chill mod no, 
no internet, no <laughs> social media for a while mod. That's the drug that they use in the Dread movie. Oh, yeah. Hey, that. I'll take that. <laughs> it slows everything down. <laughs> take the slow I, don't know, I don't know if this is like a mod, but I would love to have like, or maybe it's just like a medical equipment, but I would love to <laughs> get, get like a chip uh Insert into my bloodstream that would like clear up cholesterol in case never <laughs> You just need all the shit you want. Yeah, I could just like constantly eat that big M McDonald's. <laughs> see, see, when you were first saying that and you were like, you know, this is a medical thing, I was like, is she gonna say a pacemaker? Because that already exists. <laughs> nah. I think you kind of went in the direction of that, but better. But better. But better. That's what I would want. See, see, for me it would be some sort of like language modulator oh that's smart uh only because my chinese isn't very good and i would love to have a real conversation with my grandparents oh your mandarin like my my toy son oh that's true isn't there wasn't there a kickstarter for that like there was there's like these earpieces but i want it inside me like i could i could like start speaking chinese to them and i'd be like fuck this noise i'm gonna speak portuguese like and to your be grandparents. Like, yeah, and then I'm gonna, do that. And then I'm gonna go fr- French. Yeah, and then they could speak the same back to you. And they could speak back to me. The and then people would be like, "Damn, these Asians smart," and it'd be like, uh, "Language modulator, <laughs> cyberpunk." Awesome. Hashtag cyberpunk. <laughs> That's what I would do. Went from being super like sentimental to being like kind of stupid. Well. <laughs> You're, were you going to say that's you, Daniel? <laughs> no, I was going to say that's the Asian represent experience. Yeah, it is. Did you want to pull up, pull up another question from Facebook? I didn't have any more questions, actually. Okay. I was done. Um, there is a question that asks what place in Hong Kong was the most cyberpunk place to take a picture. But I would just say, like, go to your Instagram, Banana, because it's oh like, just like, like every, every third picture is a cyberpunk-esque one. Well, I do have a few recommendations. <laughs> If you go to Hong Kong, FOMO feed. Um, there, well, FOMO feed is uh, New York, is New York <laughs> but in Hong Kong, there are several places to take pictures. Uh, but it depends on like what you're looking for. The estates are really good for very strange shots. Uh, but keep in mind that estates are where people live in. These are public housing estates. Um, so just you know, a lot of people, a lot of tourists go there to take pictures. Uh, and they forget that people live there. Um, so be mindful of that. There's also Nathan Road, uh, Jordan Road, and Temple Street Market, which is all like neon lights, basically. <laughs> like neon Ooh. signs, neon lights. Dang. Um, and uh, there are some areas where you can get good shots. So if you go up to like a, like a, there's a parking lot, which you can climb up to the top floor and you can take like really good shots from there. That's so great. This is so specific. <laughs> and if you're going to bring a camera to Hong Kong, what would you recommend? What kind of camera do you use? Oh God, I hate my camera. So <laughs> I have been wanting to get a Sony for a little while, but I have a Canon uh, 6D Mark II. Okay, if you're shooting with a full frame? Yeah, I, I shoot with full frame. Um and uh, I, I used to have an ADD, but it's just like I can't go back now. You can't go back to a crop sensor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just. Have you seen the Sony, the Sony A9? Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm still saving up. 
I'm I'm saving up for that day when I can afford a Sony camera, or I am probably just gonna get um, another Canon camera that's like a little easier to carry and full frame. Uh, so you you're like you have to go full frame. I because I because I I have a, a Sony A6500, mm-hmm. and I love it, but their lenses are so expensive. They are I can't. I, They're like twice the price of a of a Canon lens. Yeah. It's too ridiculous. Like the, the prices for that kind of stuff is just too much. And also I shoot video, so it has to be like, you know, good for both. Yeah. I mean, no, not (laughs) okay. I can't shoot for it. I mean, it's just not worth it for, uh, for looking around like all this stuff. Hmm. That's fair. A6500 shoots in 4k. (laughs) No no sponsorship, but Sony sponsor us. Um, now we want to end with a question because we're almost at that one hour mark. I can't believe it's been oh, an hour. Yeah. 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 But um, my first question is going to be for both of you. Mm-hmm. Are you both excited for Cyberpunk 2077? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Just eh. That, that's, your, that's your official verdict. I, I eh. saw the actual play and it just... Yeah. It looks kind of mad. I mean... it. It was pretty. It's just that it felt like it was written by like a fourteen-year-old edge lord. Oh, I'm sorry. Hear that CD Project Red? <laughs> Take go back. Go back to The Witcher and pay the author what he deserves. <laughs> you heard about that, right? Yeah, I heard about. Yeah. That. Dang, they got pay that guy. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Agatha? Um, I feel I feel really conflicted because I really like the story that they were telling with like the, the gameplay trailer. But I'm also like, there are aspects of this that make me feel uncomfortable. And I don't know if I figured out what is it that makes me feel uncomfortable yet, but it just, it feels like it's kind of old school at a time when I'm like, I don't know if I want this version of like an an old school story or an old school game. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, that's how I feel. It, it doesn't feel particularly different from anything. It just looks nice and it's obviously got, you know, a lot of money and technology behind it. Yeah. And also CD Projekt Red doesn't have really good female uh, characters. Mm, yeah. Don't, there's some good Witcher characters, but not really. Don't kill me fans. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a very like male gazy version. Yeah. Of, oh, yeah. hundred like, percent. Of like, oh, a female character with death. So... And then it's also cyberpunk, which also doesn't have a really good uh, track record when it comes to female characters. Yeah. So I'm kind of just like, hmm. that's why you got to watch Appleseed. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, that's just watch gross. the second Appleseed movie, the opening scene. It's on YouTube. Oh, all right. It's, I'll show you after the recording. It's, it's fucking epic. Okay. It's, it's, it's so good. Yeah. Daniel's, and it, it, like, I feel so empowered. Daniel's like low key frothing right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Last question. Are you working on anything? What have you What have you got to share with the world? Tell Tell us about yourself. Tell us what you got going. Tell us how people can find you on the internet to ask you more questions about dread, cyberpunk, and video. Oh my gosh! Okay, um, so right now I um, so I, I do a lot of role playing game writing. Uh, so I'm working on two Ooh. very secret projects for Renegade right now. Uh, one of which may be related to kids on bikes. So uh, I can't disclose too much. So there's that. And for my business, Game in a Curry, we are publishing two games this year, uh, two board games this year, two board and card games this year. We're publishing Battle of the Boy Bands, and uh, we're also 
we talked about that one. Oh yes, with Cleo. Yes. Um, yes. Awesome. And we're also publishing Layer by Tam Mayan. So those are two games that I'm very excited about. Uh, and to find me, my personal Instagram is banana.chan with an extra N at the end. And to find my business, it's game underscore and underscore a underscore curry. And <laughs> on Twitter, it's just game in a curry. On Facebook, it's just game in a curry. Um, and uh, yeah, that's me. And your your tw- your Twitter is banana chan vid. Is it banana, banana chan vid? Uh, on Twitter, that's a good what question. Let me let me find it. It's, it's banana underscore chan underscore vid. Aha! Uh-huh. Yes, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is me. I know who I am. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> Absolutely. And obviously you can catch, you know, us. So, so Agatha, Banana, Jade, and myself at BreakoCon. Yeah. March 16th, I believe, is the date that we are speaking on a panel. Perhaps we'll play Block Wars. <laughs> Maybe. Perhaps we'll, we'll talk about something new. We're, we're, we're going to sort this out. We're going to see what, what people want. Yeah. And Banana, are you going to be at Dreamation? I will be at Dreamation on Saturday. Okay, sweet. I will also be at Dreamation Boom. all of those days. Nice. Boom. Go yeah. find Agatha at Dreamation. Not yes. just you, Banana. I mean, everybody. <laughs> yeah, everyone. So you can find listeners. You can find us if you're attending these cons. Oh, oh dope. Awesome. Sorry. Well, thank Sorry. you. Oh, I, go ahead. Before I exit. Um, for Dreamation, we are also running a cyberpunk game about hacking. <laughs> I totally forgot. <gasps> it's my... Tell us, tell us. It's by me and Eric Marisman. Uh, it's our uh, first collab together, and we've written this game about being hackers. Uh, you're on teams of hackers. You're bitter. You're arguing with each other, and you're trying to not get caught by the cops. So That's so cyberpunk. <laughs> well, that should be a shirt. It just says, that's so cyberpunk. Yeah, it should be in some like old school text, old school cyberpunk text. Oh, my God. Yeah. We'd be like chain. We could, we could. There could be like. A, we should have a print, and it's that cyberpunk cityscape, mm-hmm. except it has no Asian characters on any of the neon lights. Or it and that would be so groundbreaking. Yeah, you should have McDonald's, KFC, <laughs> BK. Or are we? If we were to put like an Apple logo on there, would we get sued? Oh. No, we can make it a pair. We'll make it a pair. Yes. You're right. You're right. Make yeah. it a pair, but it would be at the top of like the the biggest skyscraper that rises above the clouds. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. people, when they look up at the sky the, during the night, because it's always night in cyberpunk. <laughs> it's true. Uh, you you look up and you see the moon and you see this glowing pair <laughs> coming through the clouds, almost like the bat the bat signal. But it's really the top of this this like giant complex, and sitting at the very top is Zuckerberg, or so they think, because he's an AI. And it's just like this single chip. I think you should write this short have story. You, that, that gets moved between white dudes who don't know how to... And it explains why he doesn't know how to drink water or sit on a chair properly. True. Have you seen the hologram billionaire? No. What is so this? There's this billionaire who spent a ton of money on building holograms. Uh, did you remember, like, Tupac on stage? Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. That's all yes. his company. And this guy oh my God. is... It, like he is intense uh all his interviews they just seem like he's coke fueled and like mm. drooling and just gross and weird like that like that nfl guy you see that 
that guy online? No. Nah. There was this, there was this, uh, oh, I gotta look that up. There <laughs> the was NFL this, guy, AKA. The NFL guy, I don't, I know, the sports guy. AKA <laughs> the billionaire who recreated Tupac for all of us. I'm just gonna search. I don't know if this will turn it up. If this turns up, I'll be really happy with myself. Tell us, Google. Uh, what if instead of a giant... Is it NFL? Oh, my gosh. Oh. I feel like... I don't know if this will work. <laughs> I don't know if this will work. But there's this guy... Oh, I forget. I wish I had remembered. But he was like... He sat down at this press conference, and he was just like... But he looked super coked out. Uh, so the expression that Daniel made for all of our listeners is uh, he raised his eyebrows and really bugged his eyes out. Yeah, exa- that's exactly it. Yeah, uh, if you could find that, like, uh, I'll I'll tweet it from our Twitter page Great. when this episode comes out. I'll be is... like, this is that mysterious thing that they were talking about at the one hour mark. Yeah, this is definitely the kind of content our <laughs> listeners are looking at, like a picture of your face bugged out. Oh, I mean, I'll put both. We'll side by yeah. side. We'll do a side that's by side. Nice. Definitely. We'll do a side by side, and then uh, and then my mom's gonna see because my mom's on Twitter. Oh, great, yeah, it's gonna be great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Go follow my mom, Yoga Mom Eight. Oh <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much. Thank you the- so much for coming on. We look forward to having you on that panel with us. It's gonna be dope. I'm very yeah. excited. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Thanks to Banana Chan for joining us for this episode of Asians Represent. And thank you, listener, for tuning in. Asians Represent is a part of the One Shot Podcast Network. If you head to OneShotPodcast.com, you can listen to a variety of amazing podcasts like the Character Creation Cast, where every month they do an episode where they create characters from one game and discuss it with their guests. I think that's actually a super cool podcast idea. Yeah. I think character creation's A, one of the harder you know parts of gaming for people mm-hmm. especially for a game they've never played before mm-hmm. i think it's really important to have something like that yeah and if you have any questions about you know this episode's theme the games we discussed or the media we discussed or anything else related to asians represent and cyberpunk uh, get in touch with us you can follow us on twitter at azns represent and instagram now mm-hmm. at azns represent or uh, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash AZNS represent and our email AZNS represent at one shot podcast.com. I'm Daniel. And I'm Agatha. And you've just listened to Asians, Asians Represent. represent.